This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code JROCKLAWNCARE at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Hello everyone and welcome back to another J-Rocks Green Industry Podcast episode. Here we are on episode number 88 titled The Power of Saying No. Now this episode is pretty short and sweet because I don't think that there's too much to talk on past it but what I want to do first is just give you a little catch up from where we are so we're at a point now where I just want to mention from our last episode where we were talking about the different types of financing on equipment I have actually had a change of mind and the reason why I want to bring this up in this episode is just because it is I want to mention it as early as I can and what that is is I've still went for the bit of kit uh, to start off with uh, what was a zero tone mower 52 inch and I have still went for this, but instead I've went for personal loan to be able to take out this bit of equipment. Now, I know some people's against using any form of borrowing of money to buy equipment. They'd rather save and get there and, and do it that way. And that works perfect. And if that's, you know, if that's great with you and that's how it works well with your business, then by all means, I'm not trying to persuade anyone at any point that this is what you should be doing. But I just want to explain what I found through this and my sort of... Yeah, my findings, basically. And also the reason why I, why I changed uh, my my options. And that was the fact that we went forward with the asset finance. It was approved by the last episode when you heard us speaking about it. And I gave my little 10 pence shout on what I thought, you know, what was good to do and the pros and the cons. And then it came to receiving the final letter where they... They split down all the costs for the bit of equipment. And long story short, the way it works out with asset finance is I was borrowing somewhere in the region of just under £10,000. Um, and then I, I had a lump of a deposit myself, somewhere around three grand to put towards us. And it was going to be working out that I was going to be paying just under seventeen grand back over five years. And to me, that is a crazy payback amount. Now, as me and Jack were speaking about last time, you know, there's pros and cons, right? If you're taking out something and you want it towards a, a bigger item, you know, you're actually trying to get a tractor on finance and it's worth 50 grand or, you know, it's something even bigger than that or multiple things and you're looking at 100 grand, I get it. It's probably a bit better to go with the asset finance and just cover yourself on if you couldn't make them payments, you can hand them assets back and sort it out that way. With this being a sub £15,000 transaction, I am kind of comfortable that I am not going to run out of 
you know, I'm not far wrong with my equations of where the money can come from to be able to pay this off. So, you know, paying up close to just under 17 grand with a nine and a half grand borrow rate, more or less, I thought was pretty crazy. It was somewhere just over seven grand worth of, sorry, seven grand more paying, um, I think that was right, was it? Uh, Yeah, nine grand more nearly, actually it was. So nearly nine grand more than what I've borrowed, I would be paying back over five years. And that to me was just far too much. And I never seen this until a couple of days before it was meant to be fully going through as in me signing the forms. So when this came through, I, I then looked back at everything. The personal, to put this into context, the personal loan, you know, for my credit history and whatever else, how much the banks would lend me personally to my name, Sam, then that was looking that would be paying three grand back over over these five years, more than borrowed. So, you know, that's a six grand difference, six grand. So what I would say is I know I kind of, I sweetened it up last week and I was like, yep, I know this is good for me. This is what I'm going for now. And it's only a difference of £30 per month. What doesn't sound a lot between these two these two different borrowing options. But you've got to think over five years, it soon adds up with then the interest on top of it, that sort of thing. So really looking, I just want to say, really looking at what you're doing if you are going down this route. Because I know we don't really like borrowing money, a lot of us. I know personally I don't. but So this is a bit outside my comfort zone of what I'm doing. But I got so far in this, and this is why this also ties into this episode. I got so far into that process, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't hard to do. The team that I was working with um, that was kindly recommended to me, they were fantastic. But I got so far in that process, I'm the type of person that kind of just wanted to say it through because they'd been bending over backwards, like, you know, doing a good job for me. And, you know, it actually took quite a lot to go, you know what, actually, I'm not happy paying this much more than you know, what I'm what I'm borrowing for that item. So in the end, more or less last minute, I already had the forms at the house to sign and send back. I rang them up and I said, sorry, I don't think I'm gonna, I can't go through with this. I never realised the extent of the difference between the two until I've seen the final figures. So personally, I dropped out of that one and then I've went through and got a personal loan that was accepted in no time at all, what's very scary. And, you know, now I'm sorted. But what I would say is if you're looking into this process, please check it out you know do your research look at different options and see what works best for you your business the amount of money you're uh, borrowing and then earn back and all that sort of good stuff anyway but that's that's on its way so hopefully i will receive this more in the next seven days would be nice but probably going to be in the next 14 10 to 14 days but we shall see going forward this is also the episode where i just want to push it out there, the power of saying no. And this is mainly towards clients, I suppose, and the type of work that's coming through your door. It's so easy a lot of the time to turn around and go, yes, 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 yes. And you take on all these jobs and you go, this is amazing. I am getting like floods of inquiries through. I've got floods of work. And then you just hit a point and you look at the schedule and you go, right, when am I actually going to do all this work? You know what I mean? And everyone's been there, I'm sure, at one stage or another where you've kind of taken on a bit more you can than you can chew. And the worst part of it is a lot of the work or some of the work is stuff that you don't enjoy. And this is what's really prominent in my mind at the moment is I want to be able to create something where I enjoy going to work every day. Where I go to and I look forward to 
near enough. I'm happy to have a bit of leeway here, but near enough, every single job that we're going to go to, I'm like, yes, we've got Jonathan's next. I love that garden because of this. Oh, then we've got Jennifer Strayer afterwards. Oh, that's fantastic because we get to do this, this, and this. Oh, and then Ian's down the road there. We've got these different things to prune. That breaks up the day nicely. And I want to be able to take on something that I just overall enjoy. And equally, you know, it works best when the people that you're working with, whether it's employees, subcontractors, whatever it might be, are enjoying that work as well. And I get it. You can't, especially with you guys and girls out there, that's got the bigger teams. You can't please everyone. That's just obvious. We all know that. But having a range of things where you're not stuck doing one boring thing or one thing that you dislike for too long will keep you interested. We see all too often, I think, people in the groups being like, you know, I've just kind of hit a wall, don't want to get out of bed, like I'm not. And, you know, we all go through that. Like, you know, the mental health can be struck pretty hard when you are worrying about multiple different things. So when I think of what I can do to make my day-to-day work life better, we're literally in control. Yes, they need they need to get in touch with us or we need to chase down that that sale almost. But to some extent, the last the last line on it is us saying yes, we'll take on take on that work. Yes, we can service your property. And that's a powerful that's a lot of power in your hands, really, because just taking on everything and putting, you know, your clients putting your clients in a position where you're not happy working in their garden even if you're doing a great job, isn't a great outcome, I think. I think along with all of this and trying to make money and trying to be doing well with what you're doing, I think you need to enjoy it. And you, the customers can see that, they can feel that. They know when you're trying to get out of you know, their property as soon as you can. And I think a lot of the time, if you're enjoying where you are, then it is a massive, massive thing. So with this, the power of saying no, why? Why do it? Happiness for yourself, okay, in line with your company and what your values are and the way that you want to take the direction of your company is another huge thing. Because if you're just saying yes to everything, you know, we kind of joke around with it that, uh, you know, we're going to get like fence painting come through. And some of you might do fence painting. Fantastic. I hate painting. I hate painting in my own house. Never mind doing it for money for somewhere, someone else. I just don't enjoy it. So, the thing is, I would never take on that work even when it comes over. Pressure washing is kind of getting like that now. At one point, I really sort of enjoyed it, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed the mix or the the different uh, the different type of work that I provided. But because I'm not doing it all the time and I don't have the like fully commercial kit, I'm not really enjoying it. So what I'm trying to do is not push that out anymore. I'm not trying to advertise them services. Same with those that maybe seen that I just redid my own deck. Um, decking outside the back of the house there to me it was a, a fantastic change a fantastic transformation and if one point or another I would have been taking before and after pictures of that and trying to use that to sell on the business okay to try and attract some more work in that line just because it's another before and after showing what we can do but I hated it you know it was messy it was just crappy it was just something I didn't enjoy doing so I'm not going to push that out but you can't help when someone gets in touch with you and says, Sam, can you do this for us? And when you've got gaps in the schedule, and I'll be honest, I do now as well, although we're filling up pretty quick, we've still got gaps where we can slide different types of work in and, you know, depending on what area 
that they are they are calling from, you know, in different towns and locations, we've still got spaces. So it's very easy, or it would be very easy for us just to take on everything. And if you're starting out or you are very close to your bottom line and you're in need of cash, you need to generate that cash flow, you know, I would actually advise take it on. Just go for it until you get through the storm and then you can work it out afterwards. Drop people here, take people on there. But the point where I am, where we're doing fine, we've got spaces, but the company's looking very healthy, is I want to be very selective over the type of work that kind of comes through the door. So a couple of examples of these that I want to give you that that's really got me thinking about this. And again, I find it quite hard to do. I don't, it doesn't come easy to me to say no to people. You know, I like to try and help people. I like trying to make money. You know, I like being in this business. I like working for myself. And with that, I like to just take on new jobs and go to different places and meet new people. And that's all part of it for me. That That's within the business. That's something that you know, it fills my cup up, as you may say. And I find that is a very positive thing. But what I'm also finding is now that we've got a bit of room to play and we're kind of, we're digging deep now. We're really setting the roots of the company in. And this is the first year, although being full-time for the first year, it's the first time I felt like I can really navigate where I want to go and pick and choose and, you know, really set a direction. And What's happening with that is we had one call, well, both the, I one call last, or this week as we're speaking about this now, this book will get released on the Sunday, and it, what it was is a decent sized garden, I suppose, it probably would have been somewhere around 40 to 45 pound a cup maybe, um, decent sized garden, but it was on a nightmare of a road, it is notorious, notoriously known for just being a bit of a pain. You know, the way there's a cars both, uh, park on both sides, there's traffic lights 100 metres down the road, which always gets stopped because it's leading from the school, one of the high schools that's within this town, or city, I suppose it is. And just, there's not many car parking spaces. So that came through. I thought, perfect. When I seen the, when I seen the location of what town it was in, I thought, fantastic. This is going to fill a spot really nicely. Give them a price. They were happy with the price. I asked for pictures. They sent the pictures and the address over. And I was like, ah, that is not good. So, you know, I had to then play this toss up with, do I do I take this job on? Because it's, it's in a good area, as in the town. It's one of our prime uh, primary serving locations. But on the other hand, it is terrible parking. Terrible getting in and out. And we some days have the trailer. Other days we don't have the trailer. You know, between the van and the trailer, we're somewhere around 20, 22 feet, something like that long, maybe. So trying to get parked on this road when I know notoriously that the cars are parked either side and there's traffic coming both ways and lorries and blah, blah, blah. It would just be a nightmare. And when I went back to this client, first thing was like, oh, you're going to take up more than two car parking spaces. We could just move the cars every time you're going to come and visit. Now, this is another hurdle where you've given them a reason to say for you to say no, no, because this is my reason. And they've came back with an answer to try and fix that. The problem is at this point, when you're trying to say no to clients and they're given, you know, they want your services, they think you look professional, they think that you're going to do a good job, that you're trustworthy. So they're, on, you know, they're fighting your corner a little bit saying, well, well, look, we can try and sort this for you. So you go, oh, maybe so. But what happens at this point is you're then relying on someone else once again 
to be able to carry out that job. Let's say you've worked all your route around, you've taken on this client, it goes fine for a few weeks, and then you go there one day and they've forgotten to move both cars. I've got lorries behind us, lorries in front of us, and I'm like, brilliant. Now where do I park? 200 meters down the road where there's a car park or there's like a a power washing center where you could probably get away with parking. You know, park then, you're pushing the mower down 200 meters or you're rescheduling the visit and having to go through that hassle. So for me, relying on clients isn't a great thing and not every client's bad. But for example, again, we've done this job on Friday where we renovated a new loan. It was... It was just weed and soil, basically. So we sprayed that off several weeks ago, rotivated, uh, put some seeds, some fertilizer down, and some of the odd bits and odd jobs and things like that. But, you know, the client said he would get the, the stones in, he would get the membrane in, he would sort everything out material-wise. Got there, we are probably somewhere around quarter of a ton short on, uh, on the stones, on the gravel, and we are also a roll and a half of membrane short and he went for the wrong membrane. Okay, so this sort of thing happens when you rely on clients because they will just go somewhere, ask the person that works in the shop, and they'll just give them something. And that sometimes they're none the wiser. So even with my caution of saying buy 5 to 10% more at least for your measurements, you know, he'd never done that, and they came well under. So the way I see it is you can't always rely on these people to, to fulfill their word in what's going to help you with your business. And then sometimes it's even harder to get rid of a client once when you've already got them. So the power of saying no is really in your hands. It is really something where if you don't say no and you're just a yes man to everything, you can kind of go down a different a different lane and it can take your business in a direction that you're not wanting to go. You know, think about it almost when you're heading down a road, you're going to turn left and you go straight on. And all of a sudden, you've now got to travel another three miles, go back around a roundabout, and then come back on yourself. That's kind of like what you know what it's like. You know, you're trying to head one direction, and then you hit this detour, and you know it's all messed up, and it puts you ten minutes behind. In this case, it could put you a week behind, a day behind, thirty minutes behind, even. But either way, it's setting you back. So I really think when it comes to this client and service provider interaction. You need to be professionally ruthless, is what I think. You need to be as kind, as professional, you know, as giving as you can be, but also remembering what the bottom line is of your company. And I'm not talking turnover or anything else here. I'm talking bottom line policy. Create policies within your own company. I think sometimes we we get to a point where we just think, I'm a small one-man band, you know, I'm not a big commercial company, you know, this is the way I want to work things. And that's fine. But I find by having set in myself policies, then it's stuff that I'll stick to. So I won't take on fence, uh, fence painting. I won't travel further than half an hour for a job unless it covers a full day's work and then we'll travel a bit further. I will not do a grass cut now for less than £30 for new clients. It's another policy that we now have. So these are like sort of new things that I'm bringing in and I'm finding that now that I've called them a policy, and it's not written in on, on a plaque somewhere and put on the walls of the office or written across the van, but it's just policies I've made for myself to keep myself accountable for my company. And within that, that leads to you saying no. And because once when you have an excuse to say no, I'm telling you, it's a hell of a lot easier. So when you're coming to a client and saying, oh, well, why can't you do this? And you just be like, it's company policy. What, what are they going to say? No, no, it's not. Yes, it is. 
yeah, that's literally how it can how it would go. There's there's nothing they can argue with. So by setting yourself policies in in your own company and heading towards the kind of work that you want to do, I think all it can do is help you and the position of the company. So that's just something to remember. Another one that came across our desk, what was really quite lucrative, uh, Dale, the lady that works with us, she had a contact on the state that they were after basically gardeners to come in and do border maintenance. Now we got there and it was a, a sizable property. It had about somewhere, I mean, it was 150 acres or so, and then they had a couple hundred acres of farmland somewhere else and stuff like this. It was a big old place, but they had about a football pitch size lawn out front and then quite other four or five other little bits of grass bits dotted around this estate that they, they get taken care of. Now, when I walked into that, they also needed a lot of border maintenance. And the borders were in a state, to say the least. And although they were pretty happy to, they told us about their budget, what was around, I won't say actually, but you know, it was higher value between 500 and a grand, I would just say, within that bracket, per month that is. So, you know, it was going to bring back a decent amount of money, but what it meant is that sort of 10 hours, 20 hour man hours per month, we would just be sitting there, hands and knees, de-weeding. And really, there was more than what you'd ever kind of catch up with. So once when you're going to finish one area, you'd kind of be around back to yourself and it would be a mess again. So when I had to weigh that up, it was like, it's good, safe money for the short term. But at the same time, it's not the type of work I want. I would rather be... And may I add, the grass cutting was off the table. They had someone doing it for £15 an hour, cutting these, you know, acreages, basically. And so, although we couldn't rival that, it just didn't seem like something lucrative. You know, I just don't want to be in an environment where every single week I'm back at the same place for several different days, de-weeding. And, you know, it's not, yeah, it wasn't even reinventing the borders because there wasn't much money to spend. It was just more tidying up. And to me, I then chose the fact of being happy with what we're doing is a bit more important than just getting money through. So that was a tough call because when you're in this beginning stage or if you're just turning full time, as I'm sure many of you can maybe remember when you first started or if you're going through it now, you want to get them figures up. You want to, you know, you want to be making as much as possible so that you can, you know, invest as much as possible. You can pay yourself a decent wage and that you can, you can enjoy life at the same time outside of work is what you can't do when you're in work. And so to sit down there and go, right, no, I'm actually going to turn down X amount because it was basically ours for the taking. It took quite a bit to say no. You know, you find yourself almost a devil and the angel on each shoulder, you know, like, oh, go do it, Sam. You know, it's the money. It's worth it. And the other guy's going, oh, don't do that. You'll hate it. And that's the truth of it is that I just know I wouldn't enjoy it. So I don't want to last this uh, make this podcast last longer than it needs to but I just want you to start thinking about the kind of clients that you're taking on the people that you're talking to and the kind of things that you're accepting and what are your policies within your company have you got any are you going to sit down at some point maybe Sunday night or Monday Monday afternoon or when you have half a day somewhere or whatever that might be you know are you going to sit down and go right what policies do I have but I've never actually said out loud you know, you know things that you you always turn down, but you've never actually admitted that it's a policy within your company. And hey, by all means, write it down. It might just help that little bit more. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode, which is episode number 88, The Power of Saying No. I think it's a super important thing, and I think it's something that you should take on 
If you found this helpful, if it's give you food for thought in any way, shape or form, then please share it. It would be great to be able to see you on, on or across Instagram or any of these other pages, Facebook or wherever else, sharing this and kind of pushing the podcast across. I do really appreciate it every single time. And there's a lot of you that do it week in, week out. And genuinely, it does mean a lot that you're taking the time to just share it and say great podcast. So if you can do that, that'll be a massive thank you from me. And also, as always, you can review this podcast through Apple iTunes or through Spotify. You can follow it as well. And yeah, it just helps. It helps push it out, helps to get it to new people and to new audiences. And that's what it's all about. Let's help each other, right? But anyway, take care. I hope you have had a cracking weekend. And I hope next week, although it's looking like a lot more rain is on our way, hopefully it is a decent one for you all. So till next week, take care.